Hey guys, it's CS Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another lecture video on the cognitive functions. Tonight we're going to be talking about functional attitudes of the cognitive senses, which according to Jungian analytical psychology is another component of the cognitive functions that's not readily discussed. And if we're going to get to a point where we actually better understand each other, uh, it would be nice if we actually have this uh, in our toolbox as well. We just finished a video on uh, emulation. But this also helps people understand the specific attitudes of the cognitive functions so that you can kind of see where people are coming from with some of their behavior. And uh, for tonight's example, we're looking at the INTJ type to actually uh, demonstrate what this means. So let's get right to it with uh, the whiteboard as usual. So there you have it. So let's look at this. The eight cognitive functions, we have uh, obviously hero, parent, child, inferior, nemesis, critic, trickster, demon, etc. Everyone has these eight cognitive functions in their mind, and uh, but they have different little attitudes. Obviously, we know the hero likes to be super heroic about things. Uh, the parent likes to be the responsible parent function. Uh, it's all about responsibility, but it makes it more uh, pessimistic. But because it's pessimistic, it's kind of a um, takes it kind of sees things in a negative light. It's kind of like the difference. Uh, you know, I have primary and secondary, and also uh, optimist versus uh, pessimist listed. So, what does that mean? It's the difference between seeing a glass half full versus a glass half empty, and each one of the cognitive functions has this attitude attached to it. So the hero is like the optimist and it automatically sees things as a glass half full, right? The parent is actually a pessimist and it sees things from a glass half empty point of view. So in the case of an INTJ, TE parent is like, okay, cite your sources, show me your reference points. Like, why do you think that? It's instantly trying to challenge the thinking of other people and try to get them to prove their uh, their thoughts um, and trying to determine, and then which allows them to determine whether or not the INTJ feels that those other people are smart based on whether or not those facts are there. And then their TI critic will then think about it and then the INTJ will consider whether or not the TI, from a TI standpoint, if the INTJ actually believes what they are saying is true. But it all stems from the TE parent being that responsible parent, it's a pessimist and it's going to fact check until it figures out things, right? It's gotta, it's gotta understand the sources, it's gotta understand the references, right? But it's because it's a pessimist. An INTJ is an optimist with what it wants, right? It always knows what it wants, always knows what its desires, always knows what it's going to do before it does it, right? And sees into its own personal future um, to find the ideal path for itself and move forward. And it's very optimistic that no matter what it does, it will always find that optimal path, right? And that's kind of how INTJs go about it. Again, you know, it's optimist versus pessimist, right? Primary function, secondary function, also known as like an auxiliary function, right? But here's where it gets a little weird. A lot of people don't actually know that the child function is also another primary function. Even though the child has like less juice or less bandwidth with which to operate. Let's say it's got half the bandwidth. So just imagine like the hero has 100 frames per second of bandwidth. 
The parent has 75 frames per second of bandwidth, but the child is 50 frames a second per bandwidth, but it's still a primary function. It is still an optimistic function. The child is very innocent. Uh, it's divine. Um, so FI child of the INTJ uh, in the ego is basically um, optimistic about how it feels about itself, optimistic about its moral co compass, um, optimistic about its sense of morality, right? It doesn't doubt or question or is not pessimistic towards its sense of morality. If it was FI parent, then it would be pessimistic towards their self-worth. Or if it was FI inferior, it would be pessimistic towards self-worth, the INTJ. But no, it's in the child slot. So if it's in the hero or the child slot, it's automatically optimistic. So be aware of that. These functions have these different attitudes with them. And even though it has less frames per second, less bandwidth than the hero function, the child is still a primary function, also known as an optimistic function. You know, the same thing with the inferior. It is a secondary function, therefore it is pessimistic. Well, like, take a look at ENTJs. They have introverted feeling inferior, which makes them pessimistic towards and thus afraid of their own sense of self-worth. ENTJs walk around insecure that they're bad people. Just like how INTJs walk around insecure in that they have performance anxiety. They have, like, uh, INJs have the worst performance anxiety in that they are afraid of giving people a bad experience. This is why they don't really learn to drive because they're afraid of giving the driving instructor a bad experience so they don't do it and then they don't learn how to drive and then their INJs are continuing, especially INFJs, you know, they can end up stunting their own growth that way and getting failure to launch syndrome just because of that insecurity because that function is way too pessimistic. Now, as you, the further you go up in someone's mind, in their soul basically, because their soul on paper, the more optimistic they are. Uh, the further down you get, I mean, the more the more pessimistic they get. It's kind of interesting how that goes. It's just it's a very primary driven, a very secondary di driven uh, direction down. You see this in the nemesis functions because as soon as you make the the, the jump to as soon as you make the jump to the shadow, also known as the unconscious down here, although extrovert intuition is still a primary function, uh, it's, it's, it's still got a negative outlook. Why is that? Well, because the shadow is a secondary, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very secondary-oriented uh, um, well, it's immature. Like it, it, it's very immature. The shadow is is uh, that side of the mind is is very immature. You know, if the ego is mature, then the shadow is immature. And then the older a person gets, or more integrated a person gets, more enlightened a person gets, the more wise a person gets, the the shadow becomes something more, and it can be grown into something that is optimistic, right? Uh, into something that uh, actually has a lot more maturity than it used to. Obviously, its maturity level can't catch up with the ego. But it's it is maturing, so you could say maybe it's half the maturity, or maybe twenty five percent of the maturity of the ego at all times, right? And it just takes a person's age or experience or life to increase for that maturity of this level to increase. So that's important to note. But it is still a primary side now primary ego, but the shadow is also primary. And we've seen that a lot with children, especially developing children, because 
Children, for some reason, because they stay in the immature side of their mind, they're in their shadow a lot, especially like in their, their very developing years, one through seven. They, they, we've seen that happen consistently, and uh, it's because their ego is not fully formed. They haven't completely completed that preference in the same way a child would complete that preference of choosing their handedness. You know, if they're right-handed, left-handed, ambidextrous, or etc. That level of handedness, or also applies directly to their um, cognitive functions. So they may have uh, so their cognitive functions, their orders, their priorities, or the sides of their mind may change. And then once they become more solidified, and they have that preference settle in, that's when it becomes solidified. But it's still they're often in their shadow because they're de- they're 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 children. They're immature. Their ego may not be accepted by their family. Mine sure wasn't, so I was in my shadow a lot more, right? And uh, because of that, I didn't really get into being my ego that much until I was like 26 years old. Um, and it took a lot of healing to try to get me in that because I was in my shadow primarily because of that. And even though the shadow, it can behave, it, the more immature it is, the more pessimistic it behaves, but the more uh, the more I grow actually the more optimistic it actually becomes and then people can actually turn their shadow from you know something that's super mature and pessimistic into something that's optimistic right the same thing goes with the subconscious you know and this happens when you get over your worry right even though the subconscious is technically a pessimistic type it's because of fear fear really really drives the bus when it comes to the subconscious and it's a, it's a pessimistic by default um, however, if you can get over your fear and master your fourth function in your mind, like experted sensing for INTJs, you can actually turn this into somewhat optimistic and you can turn it to an aspirational side of your mind instead of an insecure side of your mind and it becomes aspirational and thus it becomes optimistic, right? And of course the superego is just straight up super, super mega pessimistic and it just really wants to blow up the whole world as we know it or cause serious destructive damage. But it still has, it still technically has the intention of new life growing as a result of destruction. And because of that, as as older a person gets, the more wise they get, and the more integrated they get, and the more self-respect they have, um, they can actually use their superego for the purpose of good in the world. And they can actually, very rarely, I would add, extremely rarely, it can be used for optimistic purposes, even though it is like by and large 90% of the time, 95% of the time pessimistic. So just be aware that this, these attitudes exist within the cognitive functions. And uh, there's primary and secondary of all the cognitive functions here, but there's also primary and secondary pessimistic versus optimistic versus pessimistic within the four sides of the mind for any type, right? And why is this relevant? This is relevant because we're about to start talking about type compatibility, where we'll literally understand what cognitive functions are compatible with who, and then we'll take that to a larger type span and look at all the 16 types, and we'll be able to tell you exactly the level of compatibility each type has with the other types. And then so you know how to optimize your relationships you know which people you would want to be intimate with more than the others, which people you'd want to work with more than the others, which people you'd want to sell to more than the others, uh, which people you'd want to recruit more than the others, which people would you consider for a career, or who would you rather be hired by, you know, et cetera. Like all these questions will be answered, right? 
and it really boils down to cognitive functions. I can be going on and on and on about type, right, and which type you um, you know you should associate with and should not associate with, but none of that's going to be worth anything if I don't talk about the cognitive functions and break it down to the tiny, tiny little pieces, you know, the Legos of the situation, so you know how all of the pieces are the sum of the whole, right? And at that point, you'll be able to understand exactly how everything mechanically fits together to get that level of compatibility that you're looking for, or give you the tools for you to emulate that compatibility with other types if you're forced to be in a situation where you have to you know, adapt to those types that you are around in a social situation to optimize it for yourself and for them. Because there are times guaranteed where you will have to emulate in order to adapt, right? The human mind is extremely adaptable, but by raising awareness, showing you how you can adapt and how you can use the tools of emulation and, you know, pessimism versus optimism, because like, for example, if you're going to sell something to somebody, you're going to want to know if they have TE parent, you're going to want to, you want to, you're going to want to prepare to have a presentation to prove uh, TE parents, rational pessimisms when buying your product, right? You're gonna wanna you're gonna want if you're wanting to get in a relationship with like an INFJ or an ISFJ, you're gonna wanna be able to prove your uh more your your moral fiber to them to, to their FE parent, right? And that's how you're gonna be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to know how to do that unless you know the cognitive functions and how they work. You're not gonna know how to emulate that's not gonna get you anywhere in those situations, especially if you're at a disadvantage because you have low compatibility. And uh, you're not you're and if you don't know which ones are optimistic, which ones are pessimistic, good luck. You're not going to be able to navigate the situations. So I'm here to try to shed light on that so that you are able to increase your opportunities as much as possible and maximize and optimize your opportunities in every single social situation, be it from business, sales, parenting, intimacy, you name it. it any human interaction, this all applies. So remember, look at the cognitive functions, determine what cognitive functions they have and figure out how compatible you are with them and uh, which we'll be doing a deep dive in our very next series about and it's, it'll be a very short series and then we'll get right back to the 16 types and we'll start looking at uh, virtue and vice and then we'll also look at compatibility for relationships and we'll go even further than that. So. But I have to get these uh, little instructional videos on about the cognitive functions ahead of time just so that we have the foundation built before we can move forward. So anyway, if you found this video helpful or educational or informative, please leave a like or subscribe. And if uh, you have any questions or comments about uh, cognitive senses and attitudes, senses being functions, that's the same word, uh, go ahead and leave those questions in the comment section. I'll do my best to get back to you. And uh, yeah, just, just remember every cognitive function as well as each of the sides of the minds has a, you know, like the side of the mind has an overall optimistic or overall pessimistic viewpoint about something. You'll need to manage that. But if you want to get down to like the grassroots of the things, get into the weeds, the cognitive functions themselves also have primary versus secondary, optimist versus pessimist components and attitudes that if you're going to try to social engineer someone or have a relationship with someone or be a friend with someone and how to optimize yourself for their benefit and your benefit, you got to know this stuff. It's, it's really important. So anyway, uh, I look forward to uh, starting my new series uh, tomorrow. So 
See you all then.